Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission, Truth. Today we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to John. We're going to read chapters 13 and 14 this morning. Not a lot of commentary from me this morning because the word is very clear about what it's trying to convey to the reader. Now, there is a few things that John focuses on, but it's really the same things that John has been focusing on. Uh, The deity of Christ, as an example, that'll be reiterated in chapter 14 when we get to that, how him, how Jesus and the Father are one. He'll also talk about how when he departs, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, will come and indwell his people. Another concept that's really outlined in today's study is something that I talk about a lot. And you've heard me say over and over and over, your actions matter because your actions demonstrate what you truly believe. You're going to hear a lot of, if you love me, you will do this. Here's how people will know that you are actually Christians because you'll do the act of loving your fellow Christian. Things like that. Uh, We'll also see the foreknowledge of Jesus as he's going to foretell his death. He's going to foretell who would betray him. He's going to make it clear that he personally chose, handpicked his disciples, and that, of course, included the one who would betray him. And so there's the things that we're going to be looking at and wrestling with this morning. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you'll be blessed and that your hearts will be pierced and that you'll be strengthened in your faith and in your relationship with God. All right, let's dig in. Chapter 13 and 14, the gospel according to John, King James Bible. Verse 1. Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from the supper, laid aside his garment, took a towel and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him thereafter, he said 
Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garment, and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. But that the scriptures may be fulfilled, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now please note, <laughs> Jesus is washing feet. He's saying, this is an example to you. What I'm doing as the master and Lord, you ought to do for one another. I'm doing this as an example. He makes the point that to Peter, look, if, if you're not washed by me, you have no part in me. And then he says, but if I wash you, you're clean, but not all of you are clean. For he's pointing out the fact that Judas is not clean. He's not actually one of them. And what's interesting is, is Judas obviously was with Jesus all this time. And according to Jesus' own words, he treated and loved Judas as a friend. What I found interesting is, and this happens a lot, Jesus will say, this is happening so that the scriptures will be fulfilled. And he quotes a scripture, he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. So what scripture is he quoting? He's quoting from the Psalms, which he often does. So if we go to Psalm 41, verse 9, Ye, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Of course, when we look at the scripture, it's David crying out to God. And David is likely talking about a real-life friend of his, who is familiar, who he trusted, who broke bread with him, and yet he's come against him. Now, no one would have thought, reading that, that that had anything to do with prophecy. But this happens a lot. I mean, I haven't went through and documented each instance, but there's several instances throughout the Gospels where just a regular old scripture in its content and in, in, in its uh, the way it's written in its context would not be thought of as prophecy, but then we find out it is. Which makes me wonder, what are we going to discover in hindsight? And as we're going to see, the disciples, even when they're being plainly told, don't get it. Right? Because, well, this is my theory... I think a lot of it has to do with because what's being said to them doesn't match up with the general idea, the general theology of the day, right? So we have all these preconceived notions about the time we're living in now, about the end of days and the return of Christ and what that's going to look like and uh, the steps and then the order and 
I wonder how many scriptures we're going to learn in hindsight were telling us about this time that one day we're going to look back on, probably when we're already in the eternity, and go, man, well, that was, that was a prophecy and we, we just had no idea. And things didn't look the way we thought they were going to look, and they didn't play out the way we thought they were going to play out. And we spent all this time being stressed out and worried, and that's my wonder. Anyway, I'll move on. But he's quoting from Psalm 41, verse 9, Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me, David had no idea when he wrote that, but it was a prophecy about the one who would betray the Messiah. Let's continue on. Verse 19, Now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. What's the, what's the point of prophecy? It's not that you know the future, right? Because the disciples still don't understand what the future is. It's so that when the future happens... You can look back at the word of God and go, ah, my God is a God who dares to predict the future. When we really get ourselves in trouble is when we try to use it to think we can know the future. Which is why we have so many messed up doctrines about the end times, which are not consistent at all with what the church taught for the first 1900 years of its existence. But I digress. Verse 20, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus has thus said, he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of the disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be whom of he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when Jesus had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Now please note, we have some interesting, an interesting theological concept. I'm not going to dig into it today other than just to raise the question. We, we think of demonic spirits entering into people, right? Jesus cast them out. Sometimes they enter into a person by the hundreds. Uh, remember the story of Legion, where the, the Jesus says, "What's your name?" And he says, "We are Legion because we are many." And he casts them out, and they go into a whole herd of pigs and run off the cliff. Right? You don't think of an angelic being because that's what Satan is, right? Uh, you don't think of that type of being entering into a person. But that's what the scripture says. Now, does it mean possession or does it mean just control, um, temptation, uh, you know, those kind of things? Uh, it says something along similar 
along those lines. Basically, that that Satan had uh, taken over Judas's thoughts or something along those lines. I'm having trouble finding it. But we don't need to find it because right here it says. And after the sob, so Jesus dips the bread, hands it to Judas. Now, Jesus very clearly, they, they're asking, the disciples are asking the question, who is it that's going to de- betray you? He says, the one I give this sop to. So he dips the bread, hands it to Judas. I mean, that's pretty clear, right? Then Satan enters into Judas, and Jesus says, the thing you're going to do, do it quickly. Now, you would think the disciples would be like, whoa, it's Judas. Verse 28. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag, meaning Judas was the one that carried the money, that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So the disciples still don't get it. Jesus plainly tells them. But they don't understand. They think maybe Judas is just going to go take care of some business for Jesus. Verse 30. He then, having received the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, Yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Please note, how... Does the world know that you are a disciple of the Lord? They will know it by the way you love each other, meaning your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Now, what I see taking place online isn't this. I often go through the comments. Not, I'm not talking about my own. I'm talking about, and it does happen to me, but... What I'm talking about is when I go to other Christians' YouTube pages or whatever, and I'm watching their content or whatever, and I go through the comments, and you just see people who claim to be Christians flaming at the teacher. So arrogant. Thinking they've got it all figured out. Telling people they're unsaved because you don't think the way I think, or you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking... That doesn't look like John thirteen thirty five. By all men, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Continuing on. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou cannot follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus answered him, Will thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall 
not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. So Jesus is predicting that, that Peter will deny him three times. It's amazing what we think we would do in the moment versus what we would actually do in the moment. Verse 14. Let not your heart be troubled. I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. By the way, how do you get to God? According to Jesus, there's one way. That's through him. Remember, he is that picture of Jacob's ladder, that breach between here and heaven. Verse 7. If you had known me, you should have known my father also, and from henceforth you know him, and have seen him. And Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father, and it suffices us. And Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that seeth me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. There's another if. I love the word if in the scriptures because Christians love to ignore the word if. How many times does God say, if you do this, I will do this. Or even Jesus, if you do this, I will do this. If you really do this, if you really believe this, you will do this. There's action. There's expectations. There's responsibilities. If you love me, comma, keep my commandments. If you really love me, you'll obey me. John makes this point in his epistles as well. He's John's very clear about making this point. This is how we know love this is how we know that we love God, John says in his epistles. That we obey his commandments and his commandments are not grievous, meaning they're no burden. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's my great pleasure to obey God. Verse 16, And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, 
even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, you shall live also. There's so many, you know, one of the great things about the old psalms or old hymns that we used to sing in churches decades ago is that they were full of scripture, right? You know, the one, because he lives, I can face tomorrow, right? But you see me because I live, ye shall live also, he says. Verse 20, at that day, you shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Again, I mean, how clear can it be? And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Again, Jesus is saying, where there's obedience, there's love. Where there's love, there's obedience. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the world which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So Jesus is saying, here's a quick way to know that you don't love me when you don't obey. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. Verse 25, these things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is in the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry, which, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Five more verses. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said I go unto my Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it come to pass, you might believe. Again, right? Not so you'll know the future, but so when it happens, you'll be increased in faith, because God predicted it in advance. Continuing on. Two more verses. Verse 30. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. And that is the end of chapter Thir chapters 13 and 14, just a little paragraph of commentary from Matthew Henry on that last few parts there. He says, Christ raises the expectation of his disciples 
to something beyond what they thought was their greatest happiness. His time was now short. He there spake, therefore spake largely to them. When we come to be sick and to die, we may not be capable of talking much to those about us such good counsel as we have to give. Let us give while in health. It's kind of like that uh, idea that Jesus presents, right? Work while it's day, because night comes when no man can work. Like, take advantage of the time you have. You don't know when that time's over. Continuing on with Matthew Henry's commentary, observe the prospect Christ had of an approaching conflict, not only with men, but with the powers of darkness. Satan has something in us to perplex us with, for we all have sinned. But when he would disturb Christ, he found nothing sinful to help him. The best evidence of our love to the Father is our doing as he commanded us. Let us rejoice in the Savior's victories over Satan, the prince of this world. Let us copy the example of his love and obedience. By the way, that's, that was the, that's the whole purpose, the whole reason I wrote the book, uh, Faith, Obedience, and the End of Time. This is his concept. This is his concept. And those of you who've read it know that it's just a hard hitter at that idea. Like, do the work. Do as you're commanded. Be obedient. That's the example Christ was perfectly obedient to the Father. Over and over he tells us, if you love me, you'll do this. This is how the world will know that you are mine. You will do this action. Meaning loving your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Alright, I don't think I need to I don't think I need to push that any further. I mean, the word's very clear. If you're still struggling with it, then I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I guess you can do some theological and scriptural gymnastics to try to make that not say what it says, but that's what it says. I pray you've been blessed, but more importantly, I pray that your hearts have been pierced, that you've been sharpened, that you're going to grow in repentance, grow in your relationship with Christ. This is our goal, to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening, my friends. Thanks for your support and thanks for your prayers. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.